Every family begins joined together by God in matrimony. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 22. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her, think about that, Jehovah God brought the woman unto the man. He brought the bride to in Matthew chapter 19 and verse 6, what therefore God hath joined together. God brought the man to the woman. God joined the man together with the woman. Every family begins when joined together by Jehovah God. Every marriage joined together by God is bound by a vow of faithfulness. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 23. Adam said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. They had been two. They became one. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, I believe verse 2, it is good that a man should not touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, watch this, let every man have his own wife and every woman her own husband. They have made a vow of faithfulness one to another. Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 4. Marriage is honorable in all in the bed undefiled. Marriage is honorable. Marriage is to be held in honor. Marriage literally is to be held as of a great price. Now this word that's translated honorable or to be held in honor or to be uh, highly regarded is found in the New Testament 14 times, 11 times in the King James is translated precious. All right? For example, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 12. Precious stones. In James chapter 5 and verse 7, the farmer's precious fruit, but watch this, 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 19, the precious blood of Jesus Christ. That is how a man and woman are to regard their vows just as precious. Marriage is to be held in high honor and high regard. And those marriage vows, a man and a woman are joined together by God and they are bound by a vow of faithfulness between man and woman. But it's not just a vow between a man and woman. Remember what we said? God brought the woman to the man. What God hath joined together. Marriage, a marriage between a man and a woman, that vow of faithfulness is a vow of faithfulness between a man and woman and God. What does the, the preacher say at the wedding? Before God and these witnesses. Deuteronomy chapter 23 and verse 21. When thou vow vow to the Lord thy God, thou shalt not slack to pay it, for he will require it of thee, and it shall be found sin in thee. Every family begins when joined together by matrimony, in matrimony by God. Every family begins... Whenever uh, this vow of faithfulness is made between man and woman and man and woman and God, and every marriage joined together by God is not only bound by that vow, they are bound to grow together with God. Have you ever just stopped and considered how a family grow, how a man and woman grow together? Now just think about this for just a moment. First of all, the family grows, right? Um... My wife is not here. I wish that she was here. My iPad just shut down. I wish that she was here, but because she's not here, I can speak and use her as an example with impunity. Okay? Because no one here is going to tell my wife that I spoke concerning her. My wife and I have seven 
children. Our family has grown. All right? When we think of a man and woman coming together, husband and wife coming together, we see that one of the ways that that family grows is that they grow with children. That family grows. All right? Not only that, but whenever a family grows, when a man and woman grows together, they also grow together financially. Right? They grow together uh, with money. Maybe both are working, or if just the husband is working, nevertheless, they grow financially. They prosper. They have uh, perhaps property. They, gain, they grow in possessions. They grow financially. In addition to that, whenever a man and woman grow together as a family, they grow in knowledge and wisdom. Right? Life lessons. My wife often says, my adult children are going to be the death of me. Not because our adult children are doing things they hadn't ought to do. But she said, you can take a two-year-old and you can spat him and spank him and set him down and say, no, can't do that when they're 20, 21, 22. But over the course of time, we make decisions and we grow because of these life lessons in knowledge and wisdom. We also grow in age. Man and woman are going to grow old together. Unless tragedy strikes, we're going to grow old together. Now, did you know how we just... That's general. When we think about man and woman growing, boy, the family is growing. Boy, our possessions are growing. Uh, man, we've really... We, we're wise. If I would have known when we're, we're, we're talking to that fourth child, if I would have known this and had this knowledge and wisdom with the first child, man, we're growing. You see how we naturally point to these things of growing? But what did we not talk about? The most important area in which a husband and wife should grow together spiritually. Now look, a man and woman, a husband and wife, are going to, their family is going to grow naturally. Most husbands and wives, they have children and that family grows. Uh, naturally, we are going to grow financially. That is, we're going to prosper. We're going to have property. We're going to have possessions. You don't think you're going to just naturally grow without trying it. You, you buy a place or you rent at a place and you stay there for five years and then you move and see what you've got that you didn't know you had. And I've got to box all this up. I've got to have a yard. So I got, you stay somewhere for 10 years, 15 years. and you just, We have so much stuff. We grow that way. A man and woman are going to grow together in knowledge and wisdom naturally because of these life lessons that we learn and because of these decisions that we have to make. We are naturally going to grow old together. We are not going to grow spiritually together unless we do that on purpose. It's not by accident. We must determine that that is what we are going to do. Open your Bibles to Psalm 34. And I want us to read Psalm 34, 1, 2, and 3. This really is the, is the launching pad for the thought of our lesson this morning. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. Now, let's read that as a husband and wife saying it together. Alright? Now, notice this first. Say they are saying this as a couple, but in verse 1 the man is speaking. Verse 2 the woman is speaking. We will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in our mouths. Our soul shall magnify her boasts in the Lord. 
the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. And then that husband and wife, that man and that woman, they take hands of each other and look as it were into each other's eyes and together they say, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. That should be the marriage relationship of every Christian man and woman. That should be their purpose. Why is it so important to grow spiritually together? And what are the benefits? Or are there any benefits of growing spiritually together for a man and a woman? And what if a man and woman fail to grow spiritually together? What if one of them grows spiritually, but the other one does not grow spiritually? Not just neither of them grow spiritually. What are the consequences in such a situation? That's what I want us to consider for the time of this morning as much as we can cover. Number one, the importance of growing spiritually together. Growing spiritually together is important because two are better than one. Two are better than one. That's what we find from the very opening of the Bible. Genesis chapter 2 and verse 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him an help. I'll make him a help. Now, I like words. I like to look up words. I like to see how many times words are used and what's the origin of words and and the history of words and the etymology of words. So I look up this word, help. Uh, in the Hebrew word that's translated help, a lot of times the word will be translated this and then this and then this and a variation of something. It's always, every time in the King James, translated help, every time. It's found 21 times in the King James. Three times it's translated help that man can't provide in contrast to the help that God will. Two times it's translated concerning the help, uh, the help of a woman for a man. There was no help found for Adam among the animals, so God created him a help. But then 16 times, it's of God being man's help. And here's some some examples of that. Exodus 18, 4. He is our help in deliverance, delivering us. Deuteronomy 33, 7. It is to help us overcome our enemies. In Deuteronomy 33, 29. And then in Psalm 115, 9, 10, and 11. He is our help and shield, our help and shield, our help and shield. Protection, preservation, defense. Psalm 121, the whole chapter. We are, our, God is our help. He preserves us. God created for man a help because two are better than one. Now open your Bibles to the book of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 4. And we're going to note here verses 9 through 12. Very clearly, very plainly, Solomon says in Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9, two are better than one. And then he gives us four ways in which two are better than one. First of all, he says in verse 9, they have a good reward for their labor. Labor is easier. Working is easier when you've got two compared to one. You've got two heads are better than one. Four hands are better than two. Two backs are better than one. Two are better than one. There is a great reward for their labor. Labor is easier. Two will be more efficient. Two will be more effective. Two will be more productive. There will be a greater reward for both because two are laboring together. Now let's put that in a spiritual thought. 
spiritually speaking, growing and laboring spiritually together, greater efficiency, spiritually growing, more productivity, more spiritual productivity, more or a greater spiritual reward. All right, preachers, elders, Bible class teachers, members of the body of Christ, how much greater spiritual efficiency, productivity, and reward for the local church if every husband and wife were growing spiritually together? How much greater productivity, efficiency, and reward for the home if every husband and wife were growing spiritually together? Two are better than one. Verse 10, we see that two are better than one because if one falls, there's help. Look at it. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. Help if one falls. It does not matter who you are. It does not matter what you are. It does not matter where you live. Tragedy in life strikes. Tragedy strikes. A parent falls ill. Sickness becomes debilitating. A child is taken in death. A child leaves the church. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow, but woe to him that is alone. See, a husband and wife who have grown spiritually together can lift one another up from the tragedies of life because they can look into each other's eyes and they can say lovingly, they can say peacefully, they can also say firmly if need be. We have spiritual hopes that we share together in Christ. We have the spiritual stamina that God has given us. We have spiritual promises that we are expecting that have been revealed for us in this book. There is the spiritual help that they give to one another. Two are better than one because tragedy of life will strike and when one falls, the other can be there and pick them up. So that spiritually, though they may be weakened, they do not fall and they are strengthened. Then in verse 11, warmth is provided. Solomon says again, if two lie together, then they have heat. Well, literally that's true. If a man and woman lying together, husband and wife, there is that heat. But also figuratively and spiritually that's true. Let me tell you what, brethren. This world can be a cold, cold place. Enemies can prevail. Friends can fail. Church members can disappoint. Husband and wife who grow together spiritually together provide the spiritual warmth to endure winners of life. Now I want to show two great distinctions, two women, one, neither one of them named. We don't know the names of either one of them. Job chapter 2 and verse 9. Here is a man who was enduring not the winter of life, but an arctic blast of life. And Mrs. Job says, and I think sometimes we're a little hard on Mrs. Job because Mrs. Job lost everything Job did and more because she had to see her husband go through all of it. Nevertheless, Job 2 verse 9, then said his wife and him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. Just deny that he's there and go ahead and kill yourself and be done with it. This man, look, tragedy had struck. But now... 
Notice in the book of Proverbs, chapter 31, verses 10 and 11, who can find a virtuous woman for her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. But now drop down verse 26. She openeth her mouth with wisdom and in her tongue is the law of kindness. That's what happens when husband and wife grow together spiritually. In the time, in the, the winters of life, whenever life is cold and spiritually perhaps one of them is growing cold, the other can help one that one up. And then in verse 12, we see that safety is increased. And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand with him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. Doesn't mean a third one comes in all of a sudden. It's just a proverbial saying, talking about strength, the strength of two. Is there an enemy that we face? Do we have a spiritual enemy? According to Peter, we do. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary the devil, devil as a roaring lion, walking about, seeking whom he may devour, literally seeking whom he may swallow down whole. Growing together spiritually increases our spiritual strength, increases our spiritual awareness, it increases, increases our spiritual senses and our spiritual accountability. It is important to grow together spiritually because two are better than one. Secondly, under this thought, growing spiritually together is important to keep the world out of our relationship. To keep the world out of our home, to keep the world out of our heart, out of our mind, out of our children. Open your Bible to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians, if you want to break it down three ways, verses chapters 1 through 3, you've got the wealth of the church. Chapters 4 and 5, you've got the walk of the church. And chapter 6, the war of the church. Now in chapter 4, we see the walk of the church. And in verses 1 through 16, we see that we are to walk in unity. Verses 1, 2, and 3, we see the attitude of unity. Verses 4, 5, and 6, we see the foundation of unity, right? The one. There is one body and one spirit. All of these, there's the foundation of unity. Then when we get to verses 6 through verse 16, we see the perfection of unity. Then 17 through 32, we see the walk of the new man. Now verses 17, 18, and 19, we've got the walk of the old man. But then 20 through 32, we've got the walk of the new man. And Paul says that we are to put off that old man and put on the new man by the renewing of the spirit of your mind. Do you see that? You've got to change from the old man to the new man. And one of the ways that that is facilitated is by renewing, changing the mind. You change the mind, you change the man. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And then Paul, uh, beginning there, uh, probably about verse... 2021, Paul begins with four particulars of how this, the, that characterizes this new man. First of all, he says, uh, laying aside or putting away lying. Let every man speak truth to his neighbor. Then he uh, speaks of, um, be ye angry and sin not. Neither let the sun go down on your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. And that's where we're going. Then, after Paul speaks of the lying and he speaks of the anger... Paul speaks of, let him that stole steal no more, but labor with his hands. And here's the reason you should labor with your hands, to give to him that has need. Is that why we labor? 
Man, that needs to be preached. And then Paul says, let, him, uh, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Did you see that? Here are the characteristics of the new man, honesty, sobriety, generosity, and purity. Now, when you go back up and you look at, what is it, verses 26 and 27, and you see the sobriety, be, not, be ye angry and sin not. Neither let the sun go down on your wrath. Where do we most often hear this verse? We go to a marriage seminar, a marriage retreat, and a Bible class talking about marriage, the preacher preaching a sermon on marriage. Do not go to bed angry. Now, that's not what Paul's talking about. What is Paul talking about? He's talking about the new man and growing spiritually as a new man. What are we talking about? Husband and wife growing spiritually together. So let's make the natural application. Be ye angry and sin not, neither let the sun go down on your wrath, and here's the one we want to key in on. Neither give place to the devil. When a husband and wife grow spiritually together in honesty, sobriety, generosity, and purity, you know what they do? They do not give the devil a place in their heart or in their home. They shut the door on the devil. They shut the door on worldliness. Growing spiritually together is important because it keeps the world and the adversary out of our relationship. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1, 2, and 3. If ye then be risen with God, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth, for ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. Now, that's how we read that. That's how the text reads. Let's, let's add together. If you then be risen with Christ together, seek those things which are seek those things together which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above together, not on things of the earth, for ye are dead and your life is hid together. We see the same thing. We could do the same thing. Matthew chapter 16, or Matthew chapter 6, uh, 19 through 21. Um, not to put treasures, lay not up for yourself treasures on earth, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Lay, up for, lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth together, where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven together. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be together. You see, growing spiritually. Now, here's the picture of a husband growing spiritually, but the wife is not. Or here's the picture of a wife growing spiritually, but the husband is not. One seeks the world. One is focused on the world. One seeks the world, the other seeks heaven. One is focused on the world. The other is focused spiritually in heaven. One has a greater affection for the world. The other has a greater affection for heaven. One is living in the world. The other is living for heaven. One stores up treasure in the world. The other stores up treasure in heaven. One has his or her heart in the world while the other has their heart in heaven. But when a husband and wife are focused together, seeking together, growing spiritually together, there's no open door for the world. There's no open door for adultery. There's no open door for physical abuse. There's no open door for verbal abuse. There is no open door for the adversary because both are focused, seeking, growing spiritually together. 
Growing spiritually together is important because it helps keep the world out of our relationship. Growing spiritually together is important because it sets the right tone for the home. I've got to kick it into high gear because Cody's going to be coming down here just in a minute. Genesis chapter 18 and verse 19. For I know him, Jehovah God says of Abraham, I know him that he will command his children and his household after him. See what Abraham and Sarah did in their home. In Joshua 24 and verse 15, choose you this day whom you will serve, but here's the tone of our house. We shall serve the Lord. Notice he didn't say, I'm going to serve the Lord. He said, I, my house will. In Proverbs chapter 6, verses 20 and 22, my son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Notice, man and woman, husband and wife, father and mother, growing spiritually together. It sets the tone for the home. And watch this. Bind them continually upon thine heart. Tie them about thy neck. Now, this is talking to the son. This is talking to the daughter. This is talking to the children of this man and woman that's growing spiritually together. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. When thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. The point is this. When a husband and wife grow spiritually together, it not only impacts them, it impacts their son, it impacts their daughter, even when they are outside of that house, when they begin their own home. Numbers 33 and verse 55 If ye will not drive out the inhabitants of the land before you, then it shall come to pass that those which ye let remain, them shall be pricks in your eyes and thorns in your sides and shall vex you. Fourth, growing spiritually together is important to help maintain a spiritual focus. Numbers 33, 55, if you do not drive those nations out of the lands and you let your sons marry their daughters, and their daughters, uh, your daughters marry their sons, this is what's going to happen. They will draw you away. They'll take your focus off of me. They will vex you. Deuteronomy 7, verses 3 and 4. Neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Thy daughter thou shalt not give unto his son, nor his daughter shalt thou take unto thy son, for they will turn away thy son from following me. They will distract their focus. Let's contrast two New Testament couples. Acts chapter 5, Ananias and Sapphira. Do we suppose they were growing spiritually together? What do we know about them? Well, they were liars, they were cheats, they were deceitful, and they died in sin. Now, Aquila and Priscilla. They were laborers together. They had the church in their home. They taught together. They were commended by Paul together in the Roman letter. They grew spiritually together. Here's a question. Can you think of any couple in the, in the church age, in the New Testament, that was more commended, greater commended than Aquila and Priscilla? Can you think of a husband and wife? Growing spiritually together is important because it helps us maintain our spiritual focus. Now, that's just the first point. Number two. Growing spiritually together. What are the benefits of, of growing spiritually together? Well, first of all, growing spiritually, we're going to skip around a little bit. Growing spiritually together provides a source of spiritual encouragement. I wonder if there are any elders here. I know there are some preachers here. 
Elders, how important is it to have a wife you can depend on when times are difficult? 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 5, the Apostle Paul said, Have we not power to lead about a sister or wife as well as other apostles and as the brethren of the Lord and Cephas? Cephas, Peter has a wife. He has a Christian wife. They're growing spiritually together. 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 1 and 2, uh, Peter says, Likewise, ye wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear. They see you growing spiritually and the impact and effect that it has. And then we go to 1 Peter chapter 5. Peter was also what? An elder. He had a wife that grew spiritually together with him. One of the benefits of growing spiritually together is that it provides a source of spiritual encouragement. Growing spiritually together also provides a source of spiritual accountability. Exodus chapter 4. Moses, you have not circumcised your sons. Who circumcised the sons of Moses? His wife. Moses, you're accountable to Jehovah God. 1 Kings chapter 1, 15 through 21, Bathsheba held David accountable. Yes, she had a prophet, she had a priest that encouraged her. You promised that Solomon would be, a, would be a put on the throne. Why have you not done that? She held her husband accountable. Job chapter 2 and verse 9, the wife says, curse God and die. Job says, thou speakest as one of the foolish women. Can't speak like that. We can't have that mind. We can't have that attitude. Holding one another spiritually accountable. Growing spiritually together helps us to learn and better understand our relationship with Christ as members of the bride of Christ. Now, time will not allow for us to read, but I'm sure you're very familiar with Ephesians chapter 5, 22 and following. What happens whenever we give great consideration to the fact that we as Christians, as the church, are the bride of Christ, and then we see a husband and wife growing spiritually together, and that man who is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, and that woman who submits to her husband as the church is to the Lord in all things, what do we see? What do we learn? We learn submission. We learn what submission is. We learn why submission is important. We learn how submission is really practiced. We learn headship. The man says, I am the head. I'm going to tell you something, friends. There is a difference between being head and practicing righteous headship. There's a difference there. What headship is, why headship is important, how headship is practiced. We learn as Christians, a husband and wife growing together, we learn better to appreciate Christ's role as head and our role as Christians submitting. We better understand the sacrifice of Christ, the energy and the effort of Jesus. Wives appreciate the sacrifices and the blessings of Jesus. We learn how to love. We learn reasons to love. We learn how, uh, how to honor and what is involved in showing that honor. When a husband and wife grow spiritually together. Third, are there any consequences if a husband and wife do not grow spiritually together? Failing to grow spiritually together results in the burden of being a lone Christian. 
in the home. If we had time, 1 Samuel chapter 25, we read of Abigail and her foolish husband, Nabal. Could you imagine that man being the Christian father in the home? The challenges of keeping children faithful. For, you know, we think of single-parent homes, single-parent families. What about, I think Wayne kind of alluded to some of these things yesterday with unconventional, non-conventional. What if you've got a faithful Christian father or faithful Christian mother, but one who has not grown spiritually, whether they're a Christian, weak, or not a Christian? You know, spiritually speaking, that'd be a single-parent home trying to do that work. Failing to grow spiritually together results in the reality of enduring the challenges to maintain your own faithfulness alone. Not not to mention the faithfulness of your children as you're seeking to raise your children. Numbers chapter 4, or rather chapter 11 and verse 14. What did Moses say? I am not able to bear all this people alone because it is too heavy for me. Let me tell you what. If my wife was not in the house with seven children, you know what I would say? I cannot bear these people alone. It is too heavy for me. Uh, We had the flu in the house back in January. There were eight of us in the house. Seven had the flu. Guess who did not get the flu? Mama. You know what happens whenever mama's down sick? I put a sign on the door that says, out of order. I cannot bear these people alone. Proverbs 27 and verse 17. I don't know if we ever think about this as husband and wife. Iron sharpeneth iron. Think about growing spiritually together and sharpening one another. And think about how how much greater joy it is in that home raising that family and living faithfully. Failing to grow spiritually together ensures, now let me say that again, ensures, guarantees that the counsel, comfort, and advice from your spouse will not be spiritually grounded. We've already noted the wife of Job, Job chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. What about Solomon? 1 Kings chapter 11 and verse 4, all of his wives, what they do? They turned him away from Jehovah God. You think he got good spiritual counseling from those wives? We had time. Make a note. 2 Kings chapter 18, 19 through 23, and look at the counsel. That wasn't a woman to a man, but look at the counsel given by this Assyrian to the people of Israel. I've got two minutes, right? Failing to grow together spiritually results in the risk of being, or we might even say becoming, think about this, unequally yoked together. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14. And failing to grow together spiritually exposes one to the increased risk of infidelity. Now, our minds immediately go to the unfaithfulness in the sense of adultery but there's also the infidelity, the unfaithfulness spiritually. If my wife grows spiritually, but I fail to grow spiritually, and she is determined, she wants to go to worship service, she wants to be involved in the work of the church. Have you ever heard of a husband? Maybe he's a Christian, and people say, I don't understand why he doesn't come with her. And then she's not as regular. 
She's not as faithful. She used to be involved. She used to teach class. What's going on in that home? All of a sudden, infidelity. What are some suggestions? Very quickly. Four thoughts here as far as suggestions. Based on my clock, I've got 57 seconds. Suggestions for growing spiritually together. Study together. Pray together. Raise your children together. And then, worship together. Now, I'm saying worship together, and we think, hey, we come together. Husband don't stay at home. Wife don't stay at home. That's not the point I'm trying to make. Here's the point I want to make. And I want to speak maybe primarily to preachers. I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just trying to encourage and maybe make us think about something. I remember growing up, the man that preached, good sound gospel preacher, a great family, he always, you know where he sat every Sunday morning? On the front row. You know where his wife sat? Back here. Preacher, sit with your wife. Worship together. Sing together. Pray together. Partake of the Lord's Supper together. Give together. Don't sit on the front row, but rather worship together. Thank you for your time.